what up, y'all? This is your boy, Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live, and uh, we got some great conversation for y'all today. This is Rodney Perry, and um, I'm super-duper excited about my guest for today. So i tell you what, we're going to get everything going in full steam, and uh, my guest, oh, my God, just can I say this? Two words about my guest. She's back. That's right. Stay right there, and you'll find out what I'm talking about when I come back. This is your boy, Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. What did I do with my last five hours? Let's see. I was a dietitian, a housekeeper, a pediatrician. Yeah, that was a third-degree boo-boo. A housekeeper, a sanitation engineer, a housekeeper. Good thing I have five-hour energy to keep me going. What will you do with your next five hours? Hey, y'all. When you're listening to Rodney Perry, we got so many great guests, so many great stories. This is a story uh, Kevin Hart called in. He told us this great story about him getting in a fight. Check this out. First of all, the biggest mistake that I've done was bring Harry on the road with me. He's out of control, okay? That, that's the first thing. His life is spiraling. Harry was going on the road. And to help you stay on the straight and narrow. Now, no, now, uh-uh. no, now, uh-uh. Can y'all, can y'all, Kevin? Can you tell me the story? I know y'all got into some fights recently. Can you tell me? Uh-uh. Tell the story about the fight. I want to hear the fight story. The fight story uh, about about how much how much Harry's not a friend. Yes. Sure, I can tell you this. <laughs> uh, I got into a fight, Rodney, Austin, Texas, right? Yeah. Now, Rodney, a lot of people don't know this, but I throw hands. You good with yours? I come from the shoulders with mine. You know, okay. you, you come out your mouth crazy, I'm going to make you pay. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. With either the right one or the left one. But you're going to introduce yourself to one of them. I get into a little problem because the owner of the club threw my lady out the club, right? I go up to the owner. I'm like, don't put your hands on my lady. That's my lady. Okay? When I said it, I pushed him. When I pushed him, he called a security guard. Security guards come up, grab me real fast. At this particular time, this is normally when my friend should be around. Harry's one of my friends. I'm in the full Nelson. They're swinging me all over the place. I don't see Harry. Okay, that's that's the first that's the first alarm that goes off. So right. I'm now looking for Wayne. Wayne is my security guard. I'm like, where's Wayne at? Wayne comes up like the man that he is. Grabs the security guards, get him off me. Now after they get him off me, the dude before they let go, the owner mugged me, Rodney. Like you know, no. they put their hand on your face, right? <laughs> now when you mug me. It's a, it's a very confusing and difficult time for me because I didn't know how to get his hand off my face, Rodney. I've never been mugged before. I just, like, if, you, if, you, if you've never been mugged, it's a very difficult situation if somebody's whole hand covers your face. And they right. had my arms, so I didn't know what to do. So I licked his palm. I no, you didn't. It. I did. I had to. But I did it tough. I growled afterwards. I, uh, uh, like it was, it was a good lick, right? So he was uncomfortable with the fact that his palm was wet. So he, he let me go. They let me go. Now, at this point in time, I'm free. But now, Rodney, I'm mad. I want to fight. I go back up to the dude. I'm like, don't put your hands on me. I throw two punches. Bink, bink. I got him in a headlock, Rodney. I'm whipping his ass. Here comes Harry. Out of nowhere, now that he sees that the fight's in control, he say, Kev, hold him. I'm a sucker punch him. That's what Harry said. He said that all, I knew it wasn't going to go right because he used the word sucker punch. Okay. Right. <laughs> any, any. You can get stories like that all the time right here on Rodney Perry Live. And uh, without any further ado, I want to bring on um, 
one of my friends, I had the pleasure of meeting this lady uh, a few years back. She's uh, a philanthropist. She's uh, a no-nonsense, uh, awesome, beautiful human being, and she's here today. Judge Maybelline, how you doing, sis? Hey, I'm fine, Brother Rodney. Man, Great you know what? Great to be with you. I, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Um, I got the word that... She is back. The judge is yes, back, back on the bench. The judge is back on the bench. So, so um, this, this is Judge Maybelline. Judge Maybelline, uh, we we've definitely been missing you, uh, in terms of uh, that that um, a genre which you really helped to create. Um, how does it feel to, to be back in the saddle? It's exciting. I am so happy to be back. Uh, the show is Justice with Judge Maybelline. It will air on September 15th across the nation. You'll have to check your local listings. Uh, it's just like when you're riding a bicycle and you learn how to ride and you haven't ridden in a few in a few years, but as soon as you get back on, it comes back to you. So I'm back. <laughs> Spicy, uh, Justice. Uh, life lessons, all of it. Just what I did before, I'm back. Well, you know, the thing that we, we've always loved about you is you are always so honest. The show premieres September 15th, Justice with Judge Maybelline. What's going to be different, if anything, about this show? This show is different because I will cover every uh, area of the law. On divorce court, I was limited to family law and divorce matters. On Justice with Judge Maybelline, I dispense justice in every arena. Landlord, tenant, guardianship, family members fighting with each other, um, all, all of the issues in the news, bullying, um, sexual, transgender uh, issues in terms of employment, uh, discrimination, cyberspace bullying, just everything that you deal with in life. I will deal with on Justice with Judge Maybelline. You will learn a lot. You will be thoroughly entertained. And, of course, you're going to get some life lessons. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. We're tuning to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to Judge Maybelline. She is back on the bench. The name of the show is Justice with Judge Maybelline. And you know you know what, what always gets me is people don't see you every day, and they think that you're not doing anything. What, what, what you been doing, Judge? Oh, I've been doing uh, speaking engagements across the nation on relationship issues. I have a book, um, Judge Maybelline's 52 Tools, Judge Maybelline's Life Lessons, 52 Tools for Weekly Living. I've been selling that book and speaking at different groups in terms of women's groups, church groups, uh, doing motivational speaking at high schools, doing graduations. I also have a nonprofit foundation, the Maybelline Ephraim Foundation, which uh, we do scholarships for young people graduating from high school. We have a mentor program with a junior a middle school and a high school here in Los Angeles County. We do um, a great event called Honoring Unsung Fathers, where we honor men in our community filled with celebrity guests um, and giving the men from the community awards, great entertainment. We do this on Father's Day every year. We have classes dealing with parenting etc. Since we've been off, I do a lot in terms of elderly care um, and just a community activist. I, I'm just busy. You, you, you know what? You know, I don't think people understand that you're the real deal. Like, you don't just 
you don't just like play this. You do this every single day, and I, I think that's just awesome, and it speaks volumes to who you are. Yeah, I do it every single day. That's who I am. I just recently got an email from a young lady trying to get back to college. had had a number of issues in her life financial woes and, and physical issues, and I'm working with her. To, I worked with her. She just got back in college, gave her some money to go to college, um, go over to Jefferson High School, which is my alumni here. We're mentoring the children. We have an SAT preparation class. We have scholarships. We take them on field trips to uh, colleges, uh, to the Black College Tour. I'm all about trying to make the children better in our community and giving back to them what was given to me. I went to college on scholarships. I know how important it is for people to reach back and help young folks from the minority communities and from the lower-income communities go to college. And we're not talking about just African Americans. I'm talking about students. I'm interested in all races and all people getting a good education. And my foundation does what we can to try to educate, to motivate them and stimulate them and just to encourage them to get an education and to stay in school and to stay out of trouble and, and all of that. So, yeah, I'm about the people. I'm about my community. I'm about um, my society. I'm interested in matters like what's going on in Ferguson, what's going on in Los Angeles with young black males being shot down by the police and acting as though their life have no value. I get involved in all those types of issues, uh, just life. I'm concerned man, about man. the care of our elderly, page, elderly yeah. citizens or the lack thereof. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Hey, 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 y'all, this, this is Rodney Perry. We're talking to Judge Maybelline. Um the, the the show starts September fifteenth, which is my birthday. So that's that's a that's a good deal. Um Oh this, happy birthday. Yes, ma'am. Uh the the new venture, um, uh Justice with Judge Maybelline, you're on Entertainment Studios, which is Byron Allen's company. What's it like yeah. to be you be working with a brother now? Uh, Rodney, it's altogether different in a number of arenas. Of course, um the studio is not as fancy, the surroundings are not as fancy, but it, it is a good feeling to know that I'm working for a young, I mean, well, young compared to me, I'm working for a young African-American male who is competing with all of the other networks in the industry out here and doing a wonderful job. Um, again, he has a number of shows on the air, about 15, I think, he has five court shows on the air, so it's really a good feeling to know that not only am I employed, but we're employing others. Uh, he's employing others and contributing to our society in a great way. Judge, I'm looking at your pictures. I lo- I'm loving a new cut. Like when, when you when you when you when you are um, thinking about like your look, like is that something yeah. you you spend a lot of time on because you always look incredible. No, I don't spend a lot of time on that. I'm just naturally, I'm gifted, and I was born with some great genes. My parents have great genes. Um, so you don't have to do much. It takes a makeup artist about 30 minutes to put on makeup. I don't like a lot of makeup. I don't like to be heavily made up. I like a, a nice, uh, smooth, you know, natural finish uh-huh. and look. Um, the hair doesn't take long at all. No, I don't spend a lot of time. I've never been a primper. Uh, never been one of those kind of women that's in the mirror every 15 minutes or every hour trying to look good. No, I just do what's necessary to keep all the oil off. My, well, my problem is the oil, you know, I shine. I have a lot of oil 
Yeah. So that's what keeps you looking so young, Judge. Hey, yeah, you, yeah. Good thing. You can check out. You can check out the Judge. Her website is Judge Maybelline. That's M A B L E A N. How often do people mispronounce or misspell your name? I wonder. Every time, and even when I'm spelling it to them, people say, how do you spell it? M-A-B, they still write M-A-Y-B. I said, no, just listen to me and write what I tell you. They misspell it, they mispronounce it all the time. So I have not only the website, you can you can uh, like me on Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter. Facebook is Judge Maybelline Eastham. Twitter is at Judge Maybelline. So come on, keep up with me. Not, not just you, you telling me you all you on social media and everything. Oh please, come on now, right? You know, you know I keep up. I, I, that's why I hang around young people. That's why I yeah. keep young people near and dear to me. I got I got to know what's going on in the world, and I'm on top of things. Yes, sir. I am on social media at Ju- at Judge Maybelline, Judge Maybelline yeah. Ephraim on Facebook. Just check me out, JudgeMaybelline.com. You better know it. And I'm about to open an Instagram account. If, yeah, that, I'll have an Instagram account by Monday. Oh, no, it's already up. We got to get you some pictures up. You can check her out, Judge Maybelline. That's J-U-D-G-E-M-A-B-L-E-A-N. It's already up and running, Judge. Your team be on it. You understand me? Now, the hard part about me is Instagram. So, now, I'm going to tell you now, don't expect a lot of pictures from Judge Maybelline. Don't expect a lot of posting on Instagram. It all depends on what you fans do, if you send me stuff, if we're talking, if we're communicating. But now, I'm not about to regurgitate and get diarrhea of the mouth and let you all know everything that's going on with me, because that I don't do. Yeah, I, I know I know you don't play that. Um, let, let's talk about Ferguson for a second because it's still prevalent, uh, the, the death of Mike Brown. You, you know, Judge, I'm not a big fan of demonizing the police because in the middle no, of the no, night, no, you can't call Rodney Perry to do nothing. So I understand that the police are valuable to us, but at the same they time, is it open season on young black males? You know, I, I think there's a there's a prevailing attitude um, recently, and I don't that we're seeing in the news. But the attitude has always been there. It's been open season on young black males. If you go back historically, it's been open season. It's just that now with social media and people taking pictures and posting and putting it on Facebook and and um, Twitter and all of that, that we are more aware of it and more in tune to it. I was listening to CNN News just yesterday, and they were talking about in Ferguson there's a disproportionate number of black males that are arrested in that city every day for some kind of little stoplight or traffic violations that other people, the white people in the community get away with, but they arrest the black people. Their own statistics show that, that they stop the young black people in that town three, four times as much as they do to white people. This attitude toward young black males and black people in general has been is historical. We just see it more because of social media, and it makes it, you know, it allows us the opportunity to know. But I, the real problem is not, like you say, I'm not, a, I don't demonize police officers because they're, they're invaluable to our society, and 80% of them do their job and do it well, and they don't go in with attitudes, but that other 20% 
that go into the job with attitudes, with the hatred toward um, a minority of black races, with, with whatever psychological ills that they have going on among, in themselves, uh, and you keep hiring those people, and then you just got to start at the top. We have to remember that the police department is a paramilitary organization, and paramilitary and military organizations take their directions from the top. And so the issue with all of those uh, uh, organizations and police officers who do this kind, the kind of stuff that was done in Ferguson is because they know there is absolutely no consequence to their behavior. So it's important that the, at, the, at the top that the command comes down and says, we will not have this on my department. And when the command comes down from the top, then the, the bottom and the rest of them will follow. But when one chief of police says to uh, their police officer, no, we're not condoning you in this. We're not going to protect you in this. You are going to, you know, we're going to file criminal charges against you. You're going to be convicted. You're going to prison like anybody else who commits murder. When we treat them like that, uh, then the situation will stop. One police officer sees, I did it, nothing happened. And it just it just flows. It's like because there is that code of silence and protection. Not only that, the, the district attorney and the prosecutorial offices are supposed to be separate and distinct from the police department. They are not. They working together too often. They refuse to do what they're supposed to do and call a spade a spade and get rid of the bad seeds and the bad apples and, and weed them up. Then you don't have those issues. And that's where the problem lies is the behavior is condoned from the top, from the top. It is absolutely clear that, Ferguson, that that, you know, that was just plain murder. Now, why you can, it takes you forever to do an investigation when it's a police officer involved, but when it's a citizen involved with the same evidence, the district attorney can file charges real quick. Yeah, very true. Now, why does it take you so long to, to evaluate a case when it's a police officer involved and file the same charges? Because it's cover-up going on. And is we can, can you know can can not do this and how can, how do we protect this officer and that's the conduct that has to stop. When that stops, yes. The other thing is on the part of um, African American males. I tell them all the time, not just males but children. You need to stop doing things that put you in the police eye and that cause the police to have to stop you in the first place. Your attitude should be that you whatever you're doing that it does not does not get the eye of the police. I, I walked into a restaurant yesterday to pick up something, a catering order, and I see a young lady walking down the streets of Los Angeles smoking a joint. Wow. She left the restaurant on her lunch break or whatever, a break, got her uniform on, her apron on, walking down the street smoking a joint and drinking a soda. I said, now, see, if the police pull up on her, and stop her, she'll say, police brutality. That's not police brutality. That's right. not discrimination. That's not misuse of the police power. But, so she can put herself in that position. So we, don't need, we can't put ourselves in positions to be stopped by the police as well. And we have to learn to obey uh, the laws. But at the same time, the woman on the streets of Los Angeles on the freeway stop who was stopped by the police and brutally beat and taken to the ground and beat like she was a punching bag, it doesn't take long to see that that's excessive force, and that went beyond uh, what was necessary to, to arrest her that at, at 
at some point it became unreasonable force, but the police here, the CHP, still haven't filed against this man, and they're still talking about we're investigating. That's that's the real problem. That's what gets get. That's why people get upset. Now, Judge, what can we do? Uh, solution-wise, because, you know, I mean, of course we can have these conversations, but um, is, is it as simple as voting? Is it as simple as paying attention? Is it as, I mean, is it, you know, you hear the young people saying that they, that they tired of marching. Um, what can we do as a solution to some of these type of uh, things? Rodney, I, I really, uh, unfortunately, from the grassroots level, we can't do anything. The, the, the changes will not come until you get changes at the top. you got to have, starting with the governor's office in the states, the governor's office, the county uh, supervisors or whatever they call them, the governing authorities in every state, starting at the, the, the national level, the feds have to say no more of this. And you take it on down, and you have to get people in office who are not afraid to challenge um, the establishment and who want change. Uh, we can we that fighting in the streets that the young people are doing in Missouri, people doing in Missouri, it's not going to change anything. It's going to get them in more trouble. The marching helps. It, it certainly does. It brings attention to it. It helps when there are numbers because the, uh, if we sit by and do nothing, of course, they wouldn't even bother to investigate. So, yes, the marching and the protesting and keeping it in the news and keeping it in the forefront uh, allows them not to cover it up as well. At least they don't have a trial. If that man go, if the DA takes that to the grand jury in Ferguson and they decide not to have a trial at all, it's going to be total chaos. Yeah. Now, at yeah. least have a trial and give us a semblance of, of um, democracy and justice. And right. if the jury comes back like they did with, uh, with, the, with Trayvon, with Trayvon. Martin, they come back yeah. with a crazy case, but at least there was a trial and there was a semblance of justice done. So you, you, can't, you can't ignore it, but, but that's, I believe, what ha- is what has to happen. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to Judge Maybelline Ephraim. Uh, Judge, let, let's talk family, man, because, you know, yeah. I've, I've been around the Ephraim family. You guys are a, a <laughs> barrel of fun, man. You know, when we you're around. You, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> yo, yo, people tickles me. I know y'all got a a, a, a huge family. You were the, the mm-hmm. ninth of ten children. How right. how did uh, having a big family like that shape the, the human being that you've become? Well, um, it, it means everything. I mean, it, really, it molded and shaped me to who I am. I'm number nine of ten, but um, nine children lived, so it was nine of us growing up together. And it started at the top with my father and mother. They, they were a team. Uh, my father and my mother set rules in our household, so we understood what the rules were. The two of them were not divided against each other. We couldn't play that divide and conquer mama, go to mama and, and conquer, oh, and she allowed us to do something that daddy said we couldn't do or vice versa. Mm-hmm. They were a united front in front of us. They instilled with us, within us principles of respect for ourselves, respect for each other. They instilled principles of honesty. Um, you, you don't take from anyone, including sister and brother. Uh, if you borrow a dollar, they still keep your word. 
if you borrow a dollar from me and you say borrow, loan me a dollar, you got to give back a date certain when you're going to return that dollar and pay it back, and you got to pay it back. And if for some reason you find yourself in a position that you can't pay it back, you can't run from it and ignore it, you have to go to your brother or sister and say, look, I need a little more time. Extend this for me. But they did not allow us to get away with things like that. We had to be responsible. There was order in the house. We had rules. We had um, the house had to be kept clean and neat. Each of us had an assignment in the house, dishwashing uh, daily. There were seven little ones in the house when I was growing up. The other two had married. We each had a day assigned for washing dishes, we had, you know, for cleaning the kitchen and that kind of stuff. Um, we, had to, we had to love and take care of each other. Integrity, they taught us the importance of time. Oh, Lord, you couldn't. My daddy said, if you're leaving on time, you're already late. <laughs> All right. Now you know. Now, now you know me right. You know me. So since yeah. since I've become an adult, I rebelled against a lot of those principles, <laughs> and I learned how to be late. And I learned how to be late. But that's me. It was like, dang, I get tired of being on time all the time, you know. And when I became an adult, it was like, I'm not washing these dishes every night. I'm going to bed sometimes without washing dishes, <laughs> and, you know. So, but the principles, especially in terms of responsibility. Uh, integrity, honesty, keeping your word. Your word is your bond. I mean, my family, I don't ever say to anyone that I'm going to do something or I'm not going to do something until I'm absolutely certain. If you ask me, can you come on my show? Can you do this? And, you know, I don't do the Hollywood. Yeah, 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 just come. Just come. Uh-uh. I give a careful thought. Yeah. Let me check my calendar. I'll get back to you on that. And when I give you a yes, it's a yes. When I give you a no, it's a no. It's not all. And so that's the difficulty for me in Hollywood is like, who we? Do you all know the value of time? Nine o'clock yeah. is is ten o'clock. You know, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do it today. Mm-mm. So I had to learn, you know, that I'm in a different culture. But that's what shaped me and molded me. And and then doing for others. My mother was, my family was always doing for someone else. We we had all the children, okay? Our house had more children, seven, uh, growing up when I was growing up because the two had left by the time. Um, but all the neighborhood was always at our house. Mm. My mother's feeding folks. You know, the kids coming over and eat, eating dinner with us and, and hanging out at our house. And it was never, well, you got to go home. It's dinner time. You know, you play at some kid's house, and when it's time for dinner, Mama called me, Johnny, it's time for dinner. So Mary got to go. So Daddy got to go home. Not right. us. My mother said dinner time. Come on Whoever's in. there, come on to the table and eat. Yeah. Wow. And Sunday, and Sunday we had we had the typical soul food. You watch that show, soul food. We had soul food Sundays at Mama's house, and we called it the round table. Wow! <laughs> Every Sunday afternoon, we and we went to church together as a family. We prayed together as a family. We played together as a family. Shoot, my best friends are all my family members, and you you know you rarely see me without a family member next to me, yeah. but nearby. So we support each other in everything that we're doing. We believe in in taking care of each other. And when one has, the other has. We don't have that, um, oh, you you make $100,000 and I make 10, so we don't talk to each other. No, none of that madness. We don't have any of that. We've never had the situation where, well, I'm not talking to my brother. I talked to him in 10 years. I haven't seen my sister five years. We don't do any of that madness. We'll get mad. We'll fuss each other out. We'll yell. We'll you know, and, and we say what we have to say, and 10 minutes later, we write back to normal. 
Wow. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. <laughs> You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Judge Maybelline. Go to her website, judgemaybelline.com. That's J-U-D-G-E-M-A-B-L-E-A-N.com. She's on Twitter as well. She's actively tweeting at Judge Maybelline. The Instagram is up and running. Uh, the Facebook is Judge Maybelline Ephraim. That's E-P-H-R-I-A-M. Judge, I mean, I can't thank you enough for coming and, on. And, and wait a minute now, set the DVR. Set the DVR for September 15th, Justice with Judge Maybelline. Check your local listing, find out what time is coming on in your, your community, and get ready. Tweet your friends, Facebook your friends, tell everybody about it. The judge is back. The judge He's is back. back. I, I love you the fact that you're you back. You, you know what? You you're you're a part of of the fabric of who we are because and and what I love about you you always keep it so real and I can't wait for this new show. Um, have you begun to shoot yet? Oh yeah, I've been working. Oh yes, I've been working. Honey. I'm ready. We've shot a lot of shows. We're ready for you. Uh, we shot about fifty, sixty shows already. So we're ready. Really? Oh Ooh. man. I- Anything stick out yeah. in your mind? Any 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 cases stick out in your yeah, mind? But I can't. But I can't tell you. <laughs> oh man, I thought you were gonna give us something. I, I, I can't. I can't tell you, but I'll okay. tell you, it's a doozy. I really like it because it's exciting for me, Rodney. Uh, not only to be back to work because you know we all love income, and I've been mm-hmm. a, I've been basically unemployed, except, you know, speaking engagements, but I'm glad to be back to work. But I also enjoy what I do, and this is even more exciting because it's not limited to family law. And a lot of these principles and legal principles, I just learned them in law school and legal theories, but I never practiced them because I didn't practice in the area. I didn't practice in copyright. I didn't practice in emotional. I didn't practice in personal injury. I didn't practice landlord-tenant. I didn't practice, you know, wrongful termination. I didn't practice in those areas. And then with the um, – I've been out almost 40 years, so there were issues and subject matters now that didn't exist when I was in law school. We didn't have any issues with cyberspace, and you didn't have any issues with the bully. So, so – um, it's new and interesting for me. I'm learning. Uh, I'm doing more research. I'm evolving and growing. Instead, instead, sometimes when you get older, people just kind of shut down and they don't open their mind and they don't open their brains and they don't expand. So it's expanding my brain and it's making me use it more. So the 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 um, there. Well, let's see. The likelihood of Alzheimer's is prevented because I'm using this brain a lot extensively. So it's really exciting for me. It's a great, it's a great thing to, to do, and, and I'm learning, and, and uh, what I learn, I share with you because when the rumors come out, it's, hey, you know, some of that stuff, just, just learn it all myself. <laughs> I, learned, I, learned, I learned the theories in law school, but I didn't learn the practicality. So it, it's, it's good. I'm excited. I am truly excited. I'm having fun. And, Man, and I, I think I, that the, um, the public is definitely going to enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. You're going to learn so much, and I'm telling you, you're going to laugh. 
Because, you know, judge make you laugh. I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm the same person because what you saw on Divorce Court was not a television show. It was Judge Maybelline. So the same Judge Maybelline is back because that's who I am. That's my personality. No nonsense, feisty, tell it like it is, get to the point. You know what I'm saying? Call a spade a spade. <laughs> do it, say what you have to say and do what you got to do. And not afraid to do any of justice with Judge Maybelline. Entertainment Studios present Justice with Judge Maybelline. Judge, man, they, I, they, we're going to have to buckle our seats and, and turn on your DVRs because yep. the judge is back. I can't thank judge. you enough for coming on. And, and um, you man. for always being there for me and for being a friend and a supporter. And I'm happy for you. And you know I'm there for you and whatever you're doing, with, you know, we can do things, whatever we can do together. Yes, ma'am. I'm there yes, for you. All right. All right. You know, you know, I love the Ephraims. You know, I did. I done party with y'all. Y'all go so hard in the paint. So, hey, hey, sis, have a wonderful rest of the day. Hey, y'all, uh, right. y'all stay right there. Uh, we'll be back with more Rodney Perry live. Too. Judge, I love you. Thank you for coming. Love you too, Rodney. Take care. Bye. Hey, y'all, it's Rodney Perry. We'll be back. Stay right there. If you're looking for the latest in comedy, news, and entertainment, the only place to go is the Humor Meal. Check out the website, humormealmag.com. Humor Meal, the only place for comedy, news, and entertainment. I see you, Frank. Hey, y'all, it's Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. A lot of stuff happens on this show. Hey, my man Ellis Hall, he came on the show. Super, super incredible guy. And he told some, uh, some great stories. We exchanged our Stevie Wonder stories. Check it out. I uh, I used to work at a uh, KJLH in LA for Yay, the great Stevie right. Wonder. Yes, and you know, there's always the idea that that you know people that are without sight have you know heightened abilities with their other senses. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that I know that's true, and I'm gonna tell you why. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm in I'm in the studio in in the radio studio. Stevie Wonder at that point he would come and he would be on the air from time to time. This yep. particular day, he was on the air, and we were all broadcast on the studio. At some point, everybody left the studio except me, and Stevie was there. Yep. And he would only acknowledge me by, oh, you the Virgo. Yeah, I like you. You all right. And so he would say that from <laughs> time to time. And this particular day, somebody was down the hall. Ellis, when I tell you, I'm talking about a block down, like, literally, you know, 100 yards away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stevie, he said to me, Look out! Look down the hall and see who that is. And I was like, "What you talking about, man?" He said, "Just look down the hall and see who's talking." And I looked. I came back. And I was like, "That's so and so." He's like, "Okay, cool." And I was like, "Wait a minute! You heard that?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then that is. And you know it's so funny because I told Stevie the story one time. I said, "Tower of Power." When I was on the road with him. The lights went out. It was in this place in Portland, Oregon. Everybody's eating. All of a sudden, I hear everybody's fork go down, and there's nobody eating. Oh, I said, what happened, fellas? They said, oh, man, the lights went out. I said, oh, you bunch of wisses. Follow me. So I grabbed my cane, and I led them out the door. I love it. Hey, y'all, it's Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. Stay right there. More show. We getting it in, baby. The party ain't over, baby. More Rodney Perry Live we come back. You don't want to miss it. 
fourth down, Coach. What do we do? I'll tell you what we do. I want you to go on the field. Look for anyone with an O. Let's kill them. With kindness. Jimmy, I want you to make balloon animals. Tyler, make little tea cozy. Something fun. Are you okay? <laughs> we will win this for Mother Russia. Coach, you just Snickers. Why is that, Chief? You get a little loopy when you're hungry. Better. Better. Now let's go work! Yeah! Go get him, guys. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. What up, y'all? This is your boy Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live, and we are indeed live in full effect today. Uh, super excited about this show. Uh, shouts out to my man Kevin Hart. Uh, Heartbeat Weekend, a uh, charity weekend he puts together. Uh, we rocked it out in Atlantic City. Uh, we rocked it out in Vegas. And it looks like we're going to be going to the U.K. That's right. Going to be going to U.K. with my man Kevin Hart as well. And then uh, shouts out to all my military uh, soldiers and sailors and Marines. I'm going to be going to uh, Korea. Yeah, myself and uh, Gary Owen will be going back uh, and giving back to uh, the soldiers, sailors, and Marines out there uh, because that's what we like to do. Uh, we did it last year in uh, Japan, and this year we're going to Korea. So super excited about that. Go to the website, RodneyPerry.com, and get all that information about what's cracking on that. Now, um, it's time, almost time, to bring on my guest for the day, man. Super excited to chat with this lady. Uh, she is one of the basketball wives that's actually a wife. Get that. Where they do that at? <laughs> so... You guys hang on. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll be talking to Miss Brandy, Brandy Maxell. Y'all stay right there. This is Roddy Perry. You're tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. If you're looking for the latest in comedy, news, and entertainment, the only place to go is the Humor Meal. Check out the website, humormealmag.com. Humor Meal, the only place for comedy, news, and entertainment. I see you, Frank. Original recipe? Mm. Dad, I think you ate the bone. I did what? You ate the bone. I ate the bones? I ate the bones? I ate the bones? KFC Original Recipe, now available without the bone. Freshly prepared white or dark meat chicken, boneless and skinless. Get four delicious mouth-watering pieces in your next 10-piece mixed bucket for $14.99. Today tastes so good. That's right. I'm running chicken commercials because I like chicken. Hey, this is Rodney Perry. <laughs> You're tuned to the Rodney Perry Live. Let me bring my guest on the line. Uh, lovely, uh, beautiful lady, and uh, we got a chance to, to really get to know her. Well, as much as you can get to know somebody in a reality world on a reality show. Uh, Brandy, <laughs> how you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, I, I how are first you? Of all, I want to thank you for coming on, man, um, because, you know, I mean, when you're coming into people's living room, like, I feel like I know you already. <laughs> really? A lot of people yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. Like, having dealt with what you've dealt with in your life, um, uh, I know you're, you're a cancer survivor. Yeah. Having dealt with that, how do you make the decision – to go on a reality show? The main reason why I decided to do it was to just, you know, talk about my story, bring awareness, and just to, because a lot of women are dealing with, it may not be ovarian cancer, some sort of cancer, or know someone that has cancer, and, you know, fertility issues. So I thought I would be, you know, relatable 
to the females. Oh, oh, absolutely. But, 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 Brandy, you got to know going in here. You subject yourself to the to the drama. Were you prepared <laughs> for the bull? I, you can never be just too prepared. <laughs> like I, I knew it was going to be drama because you know it's a reality show. You got to have some sort of drama. But the way our show, you know, began and ended, I didn't know it was going to be that type of drama. So I wasn't prepared for a lot of it. <laughs> now, now, like, in, 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 of course, in retrospect, is there, is there any, what did you learn? Like, as you walked out of that, of the situation, you go, you know what, at, at least I learned this. What, what was that for you? I learned that you can't be nice to everybody. <laughs> Like, as much as I wanted, like, I'm a people person. I'm from the South, so we love people. We're friendly. We're cool and all that. So I just learned that everybody just don't want to be your friend or they're not your friend, and you just can't be nice to everybody. Wow. So what's awesome about your story is I began to kind of learn more about you. Like I said, we think we know. But people don't know. I mean, you went you went through it with with this whole thing with ovarian cancer, and you came out on the other side, man. And t- to see that y'all were able to have your child, you, your baby was born on eleven, 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 which speaks volumes. Which is, I think, eleven is just one of those amazing numbers. Um, yeah. What do you What do you say to the to that mother out there that's going through what you went through, or that wants to be a mom? I say just really just pray, 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 and keep your head up. And, you know, um, I, uh, I, I, I know when I went through the things that I went through, it was very difficult, and it was, I couldn't talk to anybody. And it's not because I couldn't. I just I chose not to. And right. that was just a, a moment for me to just talk to God and just, you know, just figure out what it is, what's best for me and everything for my family. So my best advice is just to pray and don't give up and go after what you want. And it's other options if you can't have, you know, a baby. And I'm learning that now. Yeah. You you, you did the IVF, the in vitro fertilization. Were, were you and Jason ever worried that child was going to mess around and hit some multiples? Uh, We did. <laughs> we, my baby started out as triplets. So, really? um, and uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we were a little Cause, scared. Because I, I know, know that's, a, that's, a, that's a very real reality when you're doing in vitro, am I right? Yes, it really is. Because um, they planted three, and, you know, three, of course, three didn't make it. But, you know, for health reasons, you know, like it wasn't healthy for me to even to carry, carry three, for three yeah. multiples. Yeah. So, so Brandy, man, so you just you just one of them dope chicks, man. I'm 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 looking at your Instagram. You seem like you have the most amazing life in the world. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you be horseback riding, and I'm like, you you a real Texas girl though. You 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 know how to handle your that horse. <laughs> I'm a Texas guy, southern down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a trip. Um, one of my best friends is Malaysia. She's on my show. Um, she had a birthday weekend in Cabo, so and she wanted to do all of this stuff, and that was one of the things that we did. It was so beautiful. 
I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, man, this is the most awesome trip of all time. With that was with the best trip I've ever taken. <laughs> ten of the baddest. Like, dude. Okay, let me ask you this, Brandy. Is all your what? friends fine? Is all your friends? <laughs> do you have one ugly friend? I need. I need you to have one funny looking friend. Somebody with a lazy eye. Something. My next door neighbor was like, you know what? It's the requirements to be your friend. You have to be pretty. <laughs> I'm like, no. All my friends are beautiful. All my friends are beautiful. <laughs> Good stuff. So what? What is? What is? What is your your real people like? You know, the, your homies, your homegirls that was around when you was in high school. Like, what do they think of all of this? You know, you know, because we all have. We have our, like, Hollywood, you know, associates. Mm -hmm. And then you got the real people that go, you know, Brandy, do we need to ride on this chick? You know, what do your your (laughs) real homegirls say? (laughs) What do they say about me on the show? Yeah. Or just in general? In general, Um, in general. They'd be like, what's that girl? (laughs) 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 I mean, they keep it real with me. They keep it real, and they let me know, like, what's real like I just love my girls you know um it's just like like my friends they're from college like my real friends like they're I've had them since like college and it's just like they I don't know they're funny like if I had them on a show it would be like ridiculous they're crazy they're crazy but they keep me grounded (laughs) So so let's let's talk about let's talk about the love of your life Jason um he he stood in the gap you know when you went through the cancer um you guys have toughed it out and and really had to live your relationship publicly I mean was there ever any reservations cuz I mean I mean reality shows wreak havoc on relationships I mean mm-hmm. did you ever have any any reservations in reference to that you know in reference to keeping your your relationship together to do this show Um he actually wanted me to do it Uh I was I remember season 1 before the show even started it was um I had an opportunity to do it but I got pregnant and you know, I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. And, you know, season three came calling, and he was like, just do it. Have fun. Tell your story. Like, this is what, you know, because I want to talk. I want to be able to be a speaker about, you know, about my situation. So he said, this might be a good opportunity. So um, I did it. And it didn't, you know, yeah, I got a lot of backlash from my relationship as far as, you know, certain individuals telling me stuff about my husband and what he did, what you know, whatever. But it's just like me and him have an open relationship in a way where we talk, <laughs> not an open relationship right. like any other way. So, um, so we're good with it. We're okay. We're okay. What is what is Dallas for you? Like, you know, I, I love Dallas. I think it's like a really great city. My sister lives there in Dallas. Like, what did Dallas do to shape who Brandy is today? Um my values my morals like it's just like it's something about the south like i just love people family where we're real people we are um we just have that hospitality where we're just open arms like it's just i i've been through i've been to many different places you know because of my husband and traveling and it's just like dallas it's just like no place like home like i love 
Dallas. Like, there's no, to me, no city better than Dallas when it comes to the people, when it comes to the food, when it comes to just light living, everything. You know, like, I love Detroit. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Dallas. It ain't just, Dallas. <laughs> it ain't Dallas. No. I just love, I love my people. Like, they're some of the best people in the world. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Brandy Maxell. Am I pronouncing your last name? Is it Maxell? Yes, it's Maxell. Maxell. Yeah. I want to, yeah. you know, you don't want to mess up nobody's name. You know, you earn it. <laughs> so, hey, hey, I'm going to tell you this. We're going to take a break. When I come back, when okay. I come back, I got beef with Brandy. She don't even know this. <laughs> I got beef, oh, no. son. <laughs> Y'all stay right there. This is Roddy Perry. You're tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Brandy Maxell. She is coming back. I got beef, son. Stay right there. I want to see how this <laughs> Roddy Perry. And I would do anything for love. Oh, I would do anything for love. I would do anything for love. But I won't do that, or that, or this, and no, not this, definitely not this, <laughs> it hurts, but I kind of like it. Hey, y'all, it's your boy Roddy Perry. We're back in full effect. Before I took the little light break, I, had, I wanted to tell Brandy, I got beef. I got beef with Brandy and everybody in Dallas, okay? Y'all, y'all drive too damn fast, Brandy. Are you a Dallas driver? I have road rage. Oh, my God. Y'all are the worst. You hear me, Brandy? My, my sister live in Dallas. I say she's worse in Chicago and L.A.? No, 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 no. See, see, I know what you want to talk about. You want to talk about Chicago. Chicago got traffic. L.A. got traffic. Y'all worse because y'all don't have traffic. Y'all drive a thousand miles per hour. <laughs> my, my sister, she, she told me if I put a turn signal on, it was a sign of weakness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> y'all be road. Do, do you be you be yelling? You be you you have road rage in the car. I have, my husband hates driving in a car with me, or riding in a car with me. Like, I have the worst road rage ever, ever. Oh. Be, you, you, you be going in, I'm saying, because my sister, she live in Dallas, she be driving like a maniac. I'm like, where are you going? We got time. What the? So, yeah, I, 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 I love I love Dallas, but I be like, y'all drive, that, y'all like, it's like the Audubon, like, Dallas highways is like where are you the from? United States. I'm from Chicago. I'm from okay, Chicago. Okay. But we got traffic. Traffic, you know, stuff. traffic slows you down. Y'all be wide open. <laughs> but you guys, you guys have the worst traffic in the world, and y'all yeah. drivers are terrible, too. Uh, like agreed. Chicago, I, I'm not, I'm not I love me Chicago. My husband's from Chicago. <laughs> okay, so when, when you're home, what's your, what's your must-have, Brandy? Because this is the thing. You 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 look like you don't eat, okay? But I know you're from Texas. <laughs> I know you're from Texas. So are you a red meat girl, or have you changed? Have you changed, Brandy? Yeah, I I'm the girl on Thanksgiving that have like three plates. Like, <laughs> I see that. Believe it, I can eat. I'm from the south. Like I when I come to Texas, my first place 
is Rudy's Chicken. Like, it's a, a chicken spot. Like, I know about Rudy. I, yeah, see, I love me some food. It's like Mexican food, chicken. That's all I can eat. That's all I eat. I love it. Now, I do guess you cook? Because you're you, you, at 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I said this at the top of the show. And one of my beefs with basketball wives is that okay. everybody is not a wife. And so. <laughs> <laughs> and I know y'all had y'all had words like you're not really a wife though. <laughs> so what what is it what is it what is it being a wife for you? Like what's the, what what's special about that? About being a wife, like on the about show, being a wife. Being a no, just in general, just in general, like you know, being a, a companion to your husband and what what's 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 being a wife? What does that mean? Being a wife means being that I am, like, what is being a wife? Like, I just feel like a woman. I feel like I am, like, like that's mine. Like, I'm taken, you know? I, I have responsibility to take care of my family, my household. My I have to hold it down, and I like that, you know? And he makes sure, you know, like, he runs. He's the breadwinner, of course, and, you know, I let him do what he has to do, say what he has to say to make it seem like he's, you know, in charge, but I run my house. <laughs> wait, wait, wait you a know? minute. Did you just say seem like he in charge? <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to let him think a little, you know, like let him put his foot down. But at the end of the day, like I love that I take care of everything. I love that he has to come to me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But inside I really love that, you know, like, I take care of everything that goes on with whether it's with him, with this house, my son, everything. I love being a wife. I'm from the south. Well, well, well put. (laughs) I know, right? And I think some women are definitely cut out to be wives. I had a conversation with um, a friend uh, uh, the other day, and he was telling me about a friend of his, you know, that was a Mm -hmm. lady, and you know, she, you know, her. she was a product of a single-parent home. Her mom had never been married. And, and he said, man, we were having this frank conversation. And he was like, babe, you just not wife material. And Ooh. he said she, she, was, she was mad at him. And, but, you know, she was like, wow, maybe you're right. So mm-hmm. I think some people are wife and or husband material. Um, yeah. You, you guys got the, the, the young man. Does, is he showing any glimpses of a uh, skill set yet? Can we can we look for him in the league? Who? Jason? Your son. My son? Yeah. Oh, my God. I prob- my baby is like the height of a five-year-old, and <laughs> he's definitely – I hope he doesn't play football. I hope he doesn't play football. I hope that he just does, you know, basketball and track. Like, I ran track in college, so – I know he's going to be athletic. <laughs> wow, nice. So what now? Now, um, let me ask you this, Brandon. When is your birthday? Oh, are you trying to know my sign? What's your sign? <laughs> I'm May twenty first. I'm a Gemini and I'm a Taurus. Oh, you! Right? Oh, that's the that is a murder mix for your a Gemini and a Taurus. Y'all just stubborn too. Stubborn you know, and crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness! How how your husband deal with you? I don't I don't know, girl. He's an Aquarius, so you know Aquarius. Oh, he crazy uh, too. He crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> We're a y'all perfect. Match. Y'all are perfect. You guys are like 
you guys are like fire and more fire. Right. <laughs> that that is, that is that's amazing. So hey hey y'all, this is Roddy Perry. Tune in to Roddy Perry, Perry Live. I'm talking to Brandy Maxfield. Man, reality TV is amazing. Uh, it seems like at the outset of the show you were kind of quiet. And yeah. I think some people that do reality have a, more of a sense of what reality is in, in terms of playing the reality game. You mm-hmm. seem like you wasn't really into the game, and then they went there and you went there. Like, mm-hmm. did, did in retrospect, did the producers goat you on at all? Did they did they bait you in any any situation that you like? You know what? I normally wouldn't react that way, but you know they push me. Um, I can honestly say I don't know about any other seasons before because I only know about this season. But I think the producers had an easy job this season because it was so much drama and it was so much going on that even when they wanted to, like, conversations, like, we should talk about this. It didn't even go in their way. Like, we, like, took it, like, we just ran it. You know, it was just, I mean, you had, like, six women, you know, starting out, like, different personalities and all of that. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> so, but the producers didn't have anything to do with us. Like, we, oh, wow. this, it was us. It was us. You know, I hear a lot of shows where they say, oh, don't trust the producers. The producers did this. They did that. But, no, like, right. we have some dope producers. But um, that was all us. <laughs> wow. That was all us. Wow. We're you, crazy. You got, y'all are definitely crazy. But, but you know <laughs> what? That's why we watch. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a man's man, you know, but it's nothing yeah. for me and my wife to sit and watch five or six episodes. And I'm talking to the TV like, come on, Brandy, don't <laughs> let her say that. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's very, it's very um, a, a different medium now, um, but it, it has given you a platform. Um, your your uh, charity that you uh, that you are, are champion is, of course, deals with ovarian cancer. Now, when we start thinking about cancer, we think of breast cancer, which gets a lot of publicity, and everybody is thinking pink and wearing pink. But you guys use teal. What's that about? Teal is just the ovarian. I mean, that's like every cancer has their color and okay. their month. And, you know, for ovarian cancer, it's teal, and it's for it's in the month of September. And um, it's a month before breast cancer, but, um, you know, and with my cancer, it's ovarian cancer, it's a silent killer, which means that normally when women find out that they have ovarian cancer, like, it's way too late so for them to even catch it. And it's, I, I used to call it the old lady disease, which means, like, in your like 60s and 70s, that's when most women used to find out that they had it, you know. But right. now it's, I'm finding people, like, younger than me, you know, getting diagnosed with it. So, yeah. And, and yeah. There, there aren't any, like, crazy signs because as I was, as I was doing my research on it, I mean, you are a healthy woman. I mean, you are, you are athletic. Yeah. And it's, does, do, what, what's the research saying is, like, is it, you know, is it a black thing? Is it is it African American women that we need to be concerned about? Is it you know because you know uh, you're you were healthy. The lady that I watched the video about, she was a healthy woman. Like who who is this? Who is who is getting this type of cancer? 
Um, I think everybody's getting this type of cancer, but the thing is they rule it out a lot with women because, you know, the symptoms of it is a lot of different other, like, bloating. And all every woman gets all these symptoms, so it's kind of hard right. to rule out. And then as an African-American woman, like, you think that some doctors may think it's fibroids, you know, because mm. fibroids are in African-American women. And then I was talking to my grandma when I was trying to figure out if anybody in my family tree, like, had this cancer. And when you think about it, like, back in the day when... It could have been misdiagnosed, yeah. It's not misdiagnosed, but back in the day when black women used to have, like, problems in their ovaries or cervix or whatever the case may be, doctors used to just do a hysterectomy, you know? So if you do a hysterectomy at a young age because you're having a problem, then you never know that you had ovarian cancer in your, you know, like in your bloodstream or in your family, in your history. So it's kind of hard to know. Like my grandma, she had a hysterectomy. My great-grandma, she had a hysterectomy. So I don't know if she ever, you know, could have had it, would have had it, or, you know, so it's kind of hard to dictate, like, you know, who has it and who doesn't, like an African-American woman, I feel. You know, that's not no research, that's no proven thing, but it's just what I came to realize. Hey, it's Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to Ms. Brandy Maxill. Uh, you can go to the website, brandymaxill.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-I-M-A-X-I-E-L-L.com. She's a super Twitter tweeter, Brandy <laughs> Uh, Max Hill on Twitter and Brandy Max Hill on Facebook and Instagram. Her Instagram is amazing. Just go look at it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Your life is very exciting. <laughs> Brandy, what's next? Um, I'm touring, speaking about ovarian cancer and bringing awareness for September. Um, I'm coming back for the show. We're going to have another season. Um, and... I'll keep you posted. Just follow me on my Twitter, Instagram, my website. You'll figure out everything you need to know about Brandy. <laughs> B, I'm, I'm gonna tell you like this, B. I'm gonna be honest. I don't, I don't like if if y'all if if they if they go to a different format. Like I'm I'm pitching to you right now. With if, <laughs> if, if they go if they go, <laughs> listen to me though. Basketball wise fights. Okay, <laughs> I got my money on you. I think. That your jab, your jab is so nice. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think nobody really want none of you. <laughs> I'm a big girl. I'm a big girl. I have to admit. How, how tall I'm, are you? I'm five ten. <laughs> you so so five ten. You put heels on. You six two. Yeah. I, I, I got my money on friends. <laughs> What, what event? What events did you run? What, what did you run? What did you run? What, what track? You said you, you ran track. I was, I was a two hundred and four hundred runner. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm a track dad. My daughter runs track. I hate track. Okay. Track is the <laughs> longest event. You you we be at, we be at the track meet all day. I'm like this is this don't make sense. This is like we've been here ten hours. <laughs> I hate track. I want my daughter yeah. to stop running track because it take too damn long. No, <laughs> no, that's the best sport. So don't do that. Oh my god, I hate track. I be sleep. I, I'm dark skin. I have sunburn. It don't waste your time. Anyway, funny. anyway, Brandy, I, I can't wait to uh, to holla. Uh, hopefully we see each other out on, on in the world somewhere. I, I think you're an awesome lady. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed myself. <laughs>
Yeah, you you're 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 so dope. Next time, so so where are you guys? You you in you in L. A. You in Dallas? You in you in the D? Where you at? <laughs> I'm in Dallas right now. <laughs> Unity. Okay, I, next time yeah. we're in the D, we're going to reach out to you. As a matter of fact, we got the Arlington Improv coming up real soon, so we'll definitely reach out to y'all. Maybe you and Jason come out, be my guest, man, and uh, get oh, y'all okay. a laugh on. Yeah, we'll, we'll rock okay. it out. All right, so, Let me know. Hey, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, y'all, it's Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rock, Rodney Perry Live. That's my girl, Brandy Maxill. She's a wife, and she loves <laughs> it. What? I love it. Hey, sis, have a great day. You too. Bye. No doubt. Hey, y'all. It's Rodney Perry. You know how we do it. Share the show. Share the show. You're listening. You're watching. You're having a good time. Hey, uh, my man, Eddie Griffin, uh, he called in. You can go check this out on the archive, too. Find the Eddie Griffin show. He talked about Denzel. I think this is amazing. (laughs) Check it out. The biggest part of acting is listening. Mm. You know, when Denzel delivered his line to me, I'm feeling the vibration is like music, you know what I mean? It's like, how is he playing the bass string on, on delivering his line? Right. Which gives my instrument, you know, the, the right tone on delivering what I got to say to the brother. What's it like to do a scene with Denzel, man? Uh, it's like, you better be on your A game because D ain't playing. <laughs> he be coming with it, don't he? He, he be coming with it. But, but you I know, man, when I dropped them tears on him in that scene, he was like, look, look, little nigga. <laughs> What he this here is a, he said, look, little nigga, this here is a Denzel Washington film. We will be cutting that part out. I just want to let you know up front. <laughs> Eddie, he did not hit you with it, dog. Yeah, he did. He said, edit the room, nigga. Shit, you ain't going to devil in the blue dress me. I done been through that shit once with Don Cheadle's oh. ass. You ain't about to do this shit. Man, that's, that is so off the chain. That is the best story in the world. This is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live.